0: Welcome back to Becoming Next On Scene, everybody. It is your host, Jackie Zook. It is another awesome day for another awesome episode of how to become next on scene in your field of business or in your passion. Before I bring on my amazing guest, I always like to start with a marketing tip to get your week started and a self-care tip to keep your week going. Marketing tip of the day, I think there is so much value in investing in education for your business. And I think we talk more about this today on my episode with two awesome people you definitely need to know. But if you are not up to date with the current trends in your industry, you really should start doing that, especially because there's so much competition In So many different industries, whether you're in marketing, you're in real estate, you're in fashion, like there are constant trends and changes in your world. And if you aren't current, you could be missing out on huge opportunities for new customers, new followers, new clients, all those things like constantly keep yourself up to date, even if you're investing in a workshop, you know, or you're investing your time into YouTube into free education, you know, there's so many opportunities to do that for yourself. So if I can give any advice as we head into the holiday season and into the new year, make that a goal. It's going to transform how you show up, you know, what you're presenting and how people are going to really take you seriously. Because the more knowledgeable you feel and confident, the more they're going to believe in what you're saying and take action. So That's my marketing tip of the day. Um, My self-care tip of the day, I think that kind of ties into self-care too. I think it's so important to invest in yourself, even personally, to really set aside time in your calendar and mark a couple of hours off. If it means you got to go work out or go meditate or whatever that means for you, like close off the time. Like, if you are not in the right headspace, you're not going to be a good business person and you're not going to be a cool person hanging out with that day. So set the time aside for yourself and it's going to make you a better human all around. That is my advice today. Now I am really excited to bring my two amazing guests on, Catherine and Michael Bassick, the founders of Bassick Forbes Global Properties. Um, They are the exclusive partner to Forbes Global Properties in Massachusetts, and they have so much knowledge to share, so much inspiration, what it's like to work with your significant other, and so much more. So I can't wait for you guys to learn from them. Definitely reach out to them after this episode. You will be super inspired, and I can't wait to hear your feedback. All right. Stay tuned for Catherine and Michael. Welcome back to Becoming Next On Scene, everybody. I'm so excited to be here with the amazing Catherine and Michael Bassick, the founders of BASIC Forbes Global Properties. Hi guys, how are you today? We great. are doing great. Thank you. Good. I'm so excited to have you guys and share your amazing background with my audience. So, Catherine, let's start with you. So, how did BASIC Forbes Global Properties come about? Well, at first it was just BASIC. <laughs> and then, so I had been with the beast for 16
1: years then I was with Christie's for two years and I've always worked in the luxury brand and two years ago I decided that I really wanted to do my own luxury the way I felt like it had it wanted to be done very exclusive, very much a white glove approach to taking care of people being discreet and not having a ton of agents all over the place but make it like the dream team. And so we decided, okay, this is a good time to start our own real estate business. And with that, we partnered with Forbes Global Properties, and there has been a great, great partnership. And so that's how we became basic Forbes Global Properties. And we're very excited and lucky that we are the exclusive partner for the whole state of Massachusetts with Forbes
0: which is amazing. So that's obviously one fantastic differentiating factor to your brand being partnered with Forbes. Michael, do you want to extend more on how you guys differentiate yourselves
2: as a team? Sure. You know, Catherine and I, we both come from backgrounds prior to real estate, which I think is pretty advantageous when we're out out talking with folks and in transactions. It gives us some broad perspective. We are both real estate junkies independently. So this is sort of the accumulation of that. And things that separate us apart is, you know, when we set out to build our real estate company, we were looking for something different. And so we have not only the affiliation with Forbes Global Properties, which is a global brand focused in a media and content-centric way, which is like the future of how we consume media and content all around us and tell stories. Um, we also sort of have a white label like a white label affiliation with eXp Real Estate, which provides all of our brokerage and backend services and really allows us to spend our time and efforts on activities that help our clients, whether they're buyers or sellers and realizing their real estate opportunities. So that's one of the ways in which we do it. Awesome, so inspiring you too. So Catherine, like why
0: real estate? Why did you go into the real estate world? I was the person that
1: when I was probably 17 years old, I would just remember I would go to open houses by myself and I was just always excited. And I was the person that a lot of realtors get annoyed with, like they know I can't afford it at 17 or 18, but I would be out there looking at everything. And I was just in love with what I saw and the creativity of the people who owned those homes. It was just awesome. And I also thought um real estate people were so nice and they always dressed so well and they were very kind. <laughs> so um when I first started, I did not have a plan to go into real estate. I thought I would just go in, buy my own properties, then fix them up and sell them. But then once I got my license, I just got the bug and I loved the whole transaction portion of it. And the reason that I wound up doing that is I'd been in corporate America and I was the CEO of the largest film and music company in San Francisco. Once we sold that, my kids were little and I couldn't really travel that much. And so I thought, okay, what's my next love? And that was real estate. And so I went and I got my license. And then before you know it, I I did a great job. And one of the things that was really important to me was to listen to people I feel like a lot of people don't really know how to listen. And that was the most important reason for my success is because when somebody said they wanted a flat yard, I actually listened and only showed them properties with a flat yard.
0: It's all in the details, right? That's what happens,
1: yeah. Tiniest thing, you know, but people just don't like to listen. They want to show you what they have. And and I just remember when I was looking, they showed me houses up on the hill. I was like, no, 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 I need this. So anyway, so that was very important to me. And I did do that. And uh then when people would tell me what they wanted, I went and I found it and people were just blown away. And and I'm talking about people who had been looking for a year prior with like other realtors, I would find them something in a weekend, like their dream hub.
0: Amazing. So why real estate for you, Michael?
2: Well, it's funny. Um, I've always loved real estate. I th- I think, you know, the tangibleness of like having a property and and either, you know, from an investment side, whether it's like, you know, fixing something up and holding it, that's sort of just in my nature. In my past, you know, I have done some real estate investments and flips previously. Um, never really had a strong investment portfolio, but it was just something fun that I liked to do and I've always been drawn to that business. And then, you know, with Catherine having her longstanding success, there was an opportunity for me to sort of partner with her to to kind of like do something I love anyway. Like I love deals. I love transactions. And, and I the history of in banking and most recently over the last 20 years in entertainment financing. And so real estate was a natural progression for me. In fact, it's funny because when I do a lot of entertainment deals, I use real estate as the example of what it was like because many people have been involved in real estate transactions or in developments. They hadn't done so many in the sort of film world, so to speak. So I'm always using real estate as analogy when talking with investors and clients in that business. So, you know, it just made sense. The timing was right. Coming out of sort of that COVID hangover, um, you know, it made sense for us to, for me to sort of still allocate some time and, and work with Catherine. And, uh, you know, do something. And we're not just doing something to do it. We're looking to build something a little special and unique in the marketplace. And that's what really gets me excited. I'm an entrepreneur at heart. And I like the challenge of building and starting from new. And that's what we have. And we think we've got a pretty good mousetrap that we're building, so.
0: I definitely think so, which is why I'm having you on today. I think there's so much to share. It's so inspiring. So now that kind of ties into like, what's it like working with your significant other, your partner? So Catherine, you want to share first? It seems like you guys have a pretty good balance, right? We really are a great balance.
1: I am Miss Johnny on the spot, get it done, get it over with, done. Michael is very methodical. He wants to make sure that all the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted. And so as a result, I think we really have a good balance. There's a very healthy respect that we have for each other. And also we like to enable each other to succeed and do well. And, and Michael just is patient of a saint. Um, so I know it was so funny. We were doing, um, a project over the weekend. And one of the people said, is he always this nice? I said, yeah, he really is always this nice. <laughs> and so everybody who meets Michael just absolutely is drawn to him immediately. He has um, just a very natural, sweet side of him and he has amazing charisma and he makes people feel at ease, especially
2: me.
0: I love that. That's awesome. Michael, what's your take on working with Catherine?
2: And yeah, you know, us? it's great. You know, that's my first reaction is it's great. There are balances and challenges you have to manage. You know, this is somebody who if I'm having a business conversation with, I have to go see later on that night as well. right? Right. So I can't just like, you know, you've got to be a little bit more thoughtful and strategic in how you get messaging. And you have to know when to turn things on and off. Like this could be a 24-hour consumption if need be. And, you know, I can't say there are moments where like we have to both sit there and say, stop, we're out to dinner here. It's Friday or Saturday night. Let's stop talking about shop for a minute. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we love what we do. And as entrepreneurs, you know, we, we're living it. It's, we live and breathe it. But, but it's important to sort of take those balances. And I think we both put each other in check to do so. But I think- yeah. like, you know, look, I think it's great. great. I think we both respect each other and we both bring elements to the table that are there's some commonality, but there's some differences. And I think we each have great strength in those differences as well, which presents a, a united front in a good package.
0: That's the goal. You can't do everything the same, or how much can you grow, right? Like you each have Absolutely. different
2: strengths. So I learned things from her, she learns things from me. Mm-hmm. We put our unique spins on them and you know, we go from there. Love it.
0: So Catherine, are people buying right now during the holiday season? Yes, they are.
1: One of the issues that I've seen in my 20 years of selling real estate is months before the election, everybody just stops because, uh, well, one of the main things is who's going to be in power? What kind of policies are they going to implement? How is this going to affect my real estate investments. And so there just seems to be like someone like turns off the spigot. And then afterwards, after the election, no matter who wins or loses, everything goes back up and it's great. And right now we're going through that and we're seeing a huge return to open houses and phone calls and appointments. So we're very excited about that. Also in the luxury marketplace, this is the time when most of the luxury buyers are out, believe it or not. Uh Most of them, there's a slowness in their business, so they can actually have time to go and look. They're getting their bonuses. They know that they're getting a big hefty bonus. So then they know that they have money that they're going to be able to uh, put down toward a house or buy it all cash. So for our segment of the market, the luxury brand, we do see during the holidays, we really do see more,
0: more activity. Fun facts. Fun facts. Thank you for sharing. Very cool. So Michael, how are people getting creative with their financing right now with the interest rates well, changing and
2: all of that? Yeah. You know, it takes, it takes some creativity. It takes some perspective to even know. I, I don't think most buyers know all the tools that may be available to them or things to ask for when it gets when, it, when trying to consider putting uh Putting the transaction together. I mean,
1: Michael is a financial wizard. He can come up with all kinds of deals and mathematics and equations, and so he is. So go ahead, Michael, because you're the one who threw this out there. It was like, oh, we could do this. We could do that.
2: Yeah. Well, look. The the bottom line is that there's no doubt interest rates today are higher than they were a year ago in the past couple of years. That's that is a fact. And while we've seen a rapid increase in those rates this year we've seen them back off a little bit in the past weeks, but nevertheless there's historically you know we're off our historic lows and I, and I think we're going to be there and it's taken some time for the market to accept this buyers and sellers sellers certainly want the same price that they were seeing in the marketplace you know earlier this year and last year. you know buyers are looking at it saying prices things should be half price because my mortgage payments are that much higher. And so we're, ha- we're letting all these parties digest what's happening. But within that, you know, there are ways to be creative in how you're approaching things. And every situation is different. I mean, some people, you know, it depends on the motivation of the seller and, and what are they looking to do. They, do they need the cash out? They need all that cash for something? Or can we get creative in how... We're going to do things. You know, one of our first elements and steps when we represent sellers is to not jump to quick price reductions, but let's let's maybe take some of the money that we might consider for price reduction and put it towards something that might help the seller a little more immediately, which is like interest rate buy downs or things of that nature, pick up some closing costs, things that imminently impact them today in 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 the closing of a real estate transaction versus something that's just a broader price reduction that's, you know, amortized over 30 years where mm-hmm. you do see it, but you don't feel it so much today. But, you know, if you pick up my closing costs or you buy down my mortgage by a point or two, you know, in the short term, that makes a big difference and can be, uh, you know, something that moved the needle. So, you know there's a lot there's a handful of tools in the tool chest i like to say it just really depends on the the buyer and what they're looking for the sellers what their aptitude is and how do we come to the right place and make it, you know, sometimes we talk, you know, we might be able to have sellers, you know, finance deals, assumable mortgages are on the table. There's lots of things and not, not everything works, but, mm-hmm. but it's worth having those candid uh, conversations and helping show both sides of the table how this could work for their benefit. Love it.
0: Uh, One thing I just want to share is when I met you guys, one thing I love too, is like how you don't just want a one-off buyer. You create like these long-term relationships with people that come in, you check in with them, you do all these things. Like, Catherine, can you elaborate more on like, you know, like what that means? Like you check in sometimes with them and you like give them an update on their house and what that looks like or what it's worth. Right. I think I remember you telling me that.
1: One of the things that I think really sets us apart is we are true real estate advisors, just like your wealth advisor or your physician team, health advisors. We are your real estate advisors. So when we have a client and they have purchased a home from us, we do an analysis every year for their portfolio to show them what their home is worth today because they should know it's probably the biggest investment that they're holding. And so as a result, every year we get together with them and we go through the market and what their house has done and people really like it. And it gives us a chance to go and check in with them and see them. We like our clients a lot.
0: That would be the goal, right? You should like people you work with. That's kind of (laughs) why we
1: don't think twice about not working with people who don't fit our sensibilities and our value system.
0: For sure, can you share um, one of your most memorable real estate transactions to date? Both of you, who would like to go? Catherine, you want to go first because we're on you, or Michael, you want to go?
2: Catherine can go.
0: Okay. Well, I sold the first house over
1: hundred million dollars in the history of the United States, so that was definitely memorable. But I would like to say that something that's even more memorable for me is when a home that has been listed by another agent and it just sits there and this has happened this past year, it's happened a lot over time, but I'll take it over, I'll fix it and do my thing to it. And then um, like, for example, this happened last year, beautiful property in Wellesley, it had been on the market, on MLS, everything, nothing. And then we kind of come in and do our little magic stuff. And then we sold it for over asking with multiple offers. And, And a lot of that is because, you know, we... We have such respect for our fellow realtors. So we're friends with them and we have a great relationship so that they actually pay attention when we have a listing. On top of it, we have the partnership with Forbes, which has been phenomenal. And that gets the exposure worldwide with the luxury buyers. And then we also have EXP and EXP has over 85,000 agents around the world. And so our listings get exposed that way as well. So. Most often we are involved in situations where the person couldn't sell their home and then they come to us to help them. And we do a pretty good job. Uh, we have a really a
0: phenomenal track record. I, I mean, obviously you do, for sure. I did not doubt that for a second. <laughs> Michael, do you want to share one of your most memorable transactions to date?
2: Yeah, sure. There's there's a few, you know, a few directions that could go. I think one of the more memorable ones from my standpoint was um, actually it happened it was not that long ago. It was like last year. We were, we were selling a house and we had a buyer and we agreed on the terms and through some diligence, it was determined that there was sort of a legal complication in the process and and it was sort of came up at the last hour and it really put the the transaction in jeopardy there was nothing to do the banks wouldn't lend against it till it was cleared and there was a back and forth between the seller and a third party about some elements and so it just stru- showed me how you know struck me is that it's memorable because you can do your job and deliver as you can, but yet there's always something that can come out of the woodwork and, and disrupt the process. Mm-hmm. The long story sh- short is the fact that, well, we, we maintained our composure through the process and worked sort of out of the box and, and, and collaboratively with all the parties to keep the deal together. And it ultimately concluded in the transaction closing, a great family getting the home they loved and the seller. Having the transaction they wanted to, but it wasn't without its hiccups along the way. So it strikes—it's just a memorable for you know. It's not an easy job sometimes, and and mm-hmm. and you know, it's, it's non-traditional how some things can come out and and disrail the process. So I think, I think that it's was
0: important to share. It always works out in the end, though, right? That's what I always say. Always
2: hopefully, yeah, this definitely could have not worked out in the end, but it did work out. I think it was a testament to. You know us in the middle of everything to keep co- cool and composure amongst the parties because it it can get emotional, right? Well, it Did get emotional,
1: but we kept them together. Eleven thirty at night phone calls and things like that, and we're just like, "Don't worry, we got this." Don't worry till we worry. That's our motto. I love that. <laughs>
0: it's <so laughs> relatable. That's fun. Yeah, really. Well, guys, you've been amazing. Do you want to? Did you want to add something, Catherine? Or
1: yeah, that's. Was- that was a really memorable transaction. I, I I had never gone through something like that before.
0: Makes you a better agent, better advisor, all the things, right? Got explain. Well, it
2: is, it's that. when you have these experience and these are the outside the box things that happen and I take that often from from work and whether it's being a banker or in entertainment financing like like oh, I've seen this in a different application, but I've dealt with this before. I know how to get through this. Super good.
0: This has been really inspiring, guys. Can you share how people can get in touch with you, whether they're a buyer, a seller, or an agent interested in looking up a new team to join? You can take a look at basicadvisors.com.
1: That's our website. If you're an agent that would like to join, go to Agent Invitation and fill it out. Or you can just call us. We're very easy to get a hold of. one 800 7764 And then as far as uh, being a buyer or a seller, we are always happy to come and talk. And if we're not the right person, we will let you know. But we are very knowledgeable about the market and about the area. So we'd love to help them. Awesome.
0: Well, thank you guys so much for coming on today. This was awesome. Very enjoyed it. We enjoyed it very much. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Becoming Next on Scene. And stay tuned for who's next on scene.